Hey, Nitan Moser here, the Traveling Investor, with another episode of the Traveling Investor Live Q&A on Facebook and YouTube. But before we go any further, I want everybody to say hello to Master Yoda. And he's always there overlooking my shoulder, always behind me, always in my mind telling me do or do not. There is no try. And the beautiful thing about Master Yoda is that he is just so well-centered with himself and with the universe. And that's why he's able to use the force. And that's why he understands that we can all use the force. We all have the power in us to connect to a greater being, a greater power, a greater energy than just us. And, you know, that kind of brings me into this week's show. You've got a great guest. You know, my my goal is to every week bring on someone that will blow our minds by the experiences they had, by where they were and, and, and what happened to them and what it took to get them to where they are today. And uh, it's just incredible the entire process that, go, that someone goes through uh, and it's actually beautiful. It's it's like the the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and then transforms and becomes the butterfly. You know, there is no doubt in the caterpillar's mind when it goes to transform that it will become something else. There is no fear. There's there's just that instinct, that drive that says, "Well, I have to do this now." And then when the butterfly comes out, it doesn't look back and go, oh, my God, I was a worm. I was a caterpillar. Look where I am now. It just goes and becomes the caterpillar and flies away or the butterfly and it flies away and it's beautiful. Uh, and, and I bring people on that have mastered their minds, that have mastered their bodies and they've mastered their wallets. And if you notice, and I was talking to my guest before, my tagline is not master your wallet, your body and your mind. But it is master your mind, body, and wallet because the first thing we need to master, the first thing that we need to have under control, that we need to understand, that we need to become friends with is our mind. Because our mind, you see, we can kill ourselves with our thoughts before we get out of bed every single morning. Or we can elevate ourselves to the highest levels just by our thoughts, by our energy, what we put out into this universe, what we put out into the world. And that's what we're going to talk about today on our show. So travelers, if you're listening, do me a favor. Also, if you're listening, type in where you're listening from. I'd love to know and I'd love to get people typing in and commenting. And you're going to be able to comment and ask questions during the show. And that's why I call it my live Q&A because this is live. We're, we're live. Um, but before we go into that, I want to thank some of our sponsors, Jade PMC Property Management Company. If you ever need a good property management company to manage your assets anywhere around the country, Jade PMC, they will take you to where you need to be with your properties and welcome wisdom of real estate coming in from Colorado. That's awesome. Also, I want to thank commercial realty partners, which is a commercial realty brokerage company. If you want to buy or sell any type of real estate, hit up commercial realty partners. It's your one-stop shop for all your real estate needs and also cornerstone investment partners. If you're ever looking to get involved in commercial real estate, if you want to do it passively, 
check commercial invest uh, uh, cornerstone investment partners and they'll be able to work with you and decide what type of investment works best for you now back to the show so my guest today his name is nate rifkin now check this out before he began his journey he was suicidal suicidal that means that he didn't see any way out last hope right he drank alcohol every morning to get through the day right talking about mind talking about what goes on in your mind before you get out of bed he dropped out of college like me not a college graduate he went broke i was broke know what that feels like bankrupt um and he even worked as one of those guys, you know, that you see on the street corner flipping those signs. Hey, come in today, sales. So he was one of those guys, right? But let me tell you this. Nate learned a little-known spiritual discipline that helped him transform his thoughts, his emotions, his financial life. Um, and I'm sure if I can say this, Nate, and you'll tell me, his relationship with himself, and he was able to find love. Uh, he's described his journey and the transformative practice he learned in his book, The Standing Meditation. Okay. Now, you know, guys, I love meditating. I've meditated for many years. I've done Vipassana meditation, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat. I've Till today, I meditate. I teach my kids how to meditate. Um, it's something that we in this Western society need to grab a hold of and to incorporate into our lives on a daily basis. But enough about me, enough about that. I want to hear and I want you guys to hear Nate Rifkin's story. So without any further delay, welcome, Nate. How are you? Oh, I'm wonderful, Neatson. Thank you for having me. And, uh, and hello to Yoda as well. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Awesome, man. So uh, I and I see you've got you've got the the universe, the world behind you as well, right? Yeah, just a good reminder of you know our little place on this gorgeous planet. That's right. You know, I I like to tell people, you know, we're we're on this thing called Spaceship Earth, and we're hurling through the universe, right? Millions and millions of miles an hour, and you know, sometimes we get caught up with, oh my god, I got to pay the electric bill. Oh my god, I got to pay the utility bill. Uh, you know, and for you, things were, you know, a little bit darker than that, right? If I can use that. Yeah, I, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Yes. Right. Um, why, why don't you share with us, you know, as I read your your bio and your intro, you know, it says that you were at one point suicidal. You were drinking every day. You know, you were you were bankrupt. Why don't you tell us who that guy was and what happened that kind of flipped the switch for you? I'd love to. Um, that guy was lost. It's totally lost and also very close minded. Um, and also actually, as I'll, I'll, I'll explain, very arrogant, which is so you might be surprised. It's like, wait, arrogant, but also like so, who's suicidal and broke. But they're very intertwined. So I, I grew up in a, a very emotionally shut down family. I, I loved how um, we were kind of chatting about each other's you know, backgrounds just before the show and the kind of the beliefs we absorbed because um, I was brought up in an environment where I learned like no social skills. Um, I had very shut down parents, a very absent father um, and a very like hostile mother. So I grew up as a very um, like angry and, and depressed child. 
And the older I got, the more depressed I got. Because, you know, when you, you get depressed is when all your anger turns inward. Uh, mm -hmm. And you start this process of self-hatred. So, you know, talk about your mind being your own enemy. Um, that's where I was at. And I kind of figured, well, when I get to college, it'll all be different because I can start over. Um, and I didn't really care about my grades. So I didn't, I didn't really apply myself too much, but I did make it into college. And my first day there, I realized I was totally wrong because I was just surrounded by a sea of people and I felt so alone and I felt so out of place and I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And I thought, and I thought everyone had it better than me. Um, a lot probably were a lot more developed socially and all that, but I also had that grass is greener thing going. Um, kind of my one, my one ray of light though, is that I wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort or self-employed somehow, you know, much like you, the, the old like nine to five trading hours for dollars thing, just like, it's something about it. Just like, this isn't right. This isn't going to work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and I loved I loved lifting weights. I loved working out. Um, so I thought I can somehow I want to like meld those two together. And I started thinking, I'm miserable in college. You know, I I hate this. You know, I'm not having fun, and I'm I'm paying to be here. So and you know, it, and when I when I start a business, because that's what I want to do, is anyone going to like hit me up and be like, hey, hey, you know, where, where's your college diploma? I want I want to see that. I'm like, I've never heard that. So mm -hmm. I dropped out. Three semesters I was gone. Um, it was actually kind of, it was exciting, but also sad. It was sad because, I mean, I walked off campus. I packed up my stuff. I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I don't think anyone even knew I'd left. It was kind of like, it, that's, but that's just who I was. That's where my life was. Um, and I, I started studying marketing. I started studying, especially like direct response marketing, writing my own ad copy. And this was back in 2005, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, now the internet had been around for a long, long time, but you have to understand this is like 15 years ago. So the internet was still kind of a baby compared to what it is sure. today. I mean, Facebook was still a like college thing. So just to put that in perspective, <laughs> um, yeah, back then. So I started studying online advertising and I realized, you know what I can do? Um, my, my brother was super into yoga. Um, he was really good at it, studied a while. And I made a deal with him where he could, like teach the yoga. I would film him like doing DVDs and, and, and he could write about it. And I would handle all of the business stuff. I'd handle the marketing, the advertising, the product fulfillment, everything, you know, customer service, et cetera. So that was it. I was in business. So I started doing this on my own. Um, and I, I was financing it myself, which basically meant pulling out the credit cards. Mm -hmm. Um, and I knew, I mean, I had an, I had and have a knack and a passion for writing and marketing, but everything else I was, I just didn't know. And I didn't care to study it like accounting or like what kind of LLC to form or, you know, gross mm -hmm. versus net profit. So what happened was I was still the same guy inwardly that hated himself, but now I was trying to cover that up with business success. Um, and we were talking earlier and you tell me, we, we all know how well that will go. So, <laughs> so, and it, it, it was, I mean, I could laugh about it. Spoiler, there's a happy ending. I can laugh about it now, but I mean, it was, it was a miserable time because I started going deeper and deeper into debt. Now I had like a lot of like startups, I think share this where there's some hit or miss success and it kind of mm -hmm. like, it keeps you excited, but really what's going on is you're just, 
you're just going deeper into debt overall, even if there's some quick wins. So I, um, I, I started maxing out my credit cards and I got really scared. And I was still a very depressed, lonely guy. So I was, I just, I was, I felt terrible about myself. I hated myself. My thoughts would just loop and loop and loop. Um, and yeah, I got to the point where I, I, I thought about killing myself because I just, I had no life. I had a really terrible life. I wasn't happy. And um, eventually what happened was um, all the credit cards I had got sold off to like debt collection agencies. So the credit card stopped working and I started getting the calls from, you know, who, you know, who knows where these outfits were, but it was the same like monotonous voice. You know, this is an attempt to collect a debt. <laughs> I stopped right. answering my phone. I was telling you earlier, I even had, um, I was living in Boulder, Colorado at the time. Um, and I, I had a knock at the door and I opened the door and it was like, I think it was the sheriff. It was either the sheriff or the deputy or something. And I'm like, what is going on here? And he's like, hi, this is for you. Hands me an envelope. And he said, and I'll, I'll never forget. He said, it's nothing bad. And you know, have a good day. And he walked away. And I'm like, I opened the envelope and it and it was a it was basically a two page letter explaining that he's getting sued. I'm oh, like, wow. this is what? What's up? Wow! So you're getting sued. Do you, do you know oh. by whom? Yeah, I start I started reading it. It was a debt collection agency that had handled like my old tax debt from Colorado, and they were suing me for the money. Um, and it, I figured it out pretty quickly. It was basically like, we're suing you, da, da, da. you can fight us in court or, and at the very bottom was like, or you could just set up an installment plan and we, and we'll drop the lawsuit. I'm just like, you, you now have my attention. It's very good. <laughs> I signed the papers. <laughs> I paid them. I mean, I, I slowly paid them, of course, all I can afford. So, so that was when I, I like hit my rock bottom. Um, and you asked like, you know, how did I start? What, what was like the key to start turning this all this around? Um, I, at the time I was learning business and marketing from like a mentor who he, he had like his own like seminars and mastermind. And I was to in it with like, let's say 50 or a hundred different people. And he was also really into mind power. And, um, I, I started learning, um, a lot more about mind power from him. And so did everyone else. And he actually was really into a spiritual tradition called Taoism and really into meditation. And he started teaching that. And something about it like appealed to me because I, I tried all like something about setting, just setting goals and striving and reaching out and like trying to like achieve this financial success just to feel fulfilled. It wasn't like working for me. Like just trying to like fight my thoughts just wasn't working for me. But when he started describing how in the spiritual tradition, they would like, you know, harness like the energy that kind of permeates the universe. Well, as as Yoda would say, the force. I was like, that sounds really cool. So I started doing uh, a, I, I, I promised myself I would do a daily discipline of meditation and I do it in the morning. So I'd get up every morning. And at this point in my life, as, as you mentioned before, I was drinking alcohol every morning. Um, Cause that once I started like feeling suicidal, I just started drinking every morning. Cause I need, I, in my mind, I needed that buzz. Mm -hmm. So I drank two shots of vodka or, uh, roughly and mixed it with an energy drink. And that was my breakfast. Um, if I woke up in the morning. So sometimes it would be one in the afternoon. I don't know. Uh, 
so what I did was I started meditating after I got up, like I'd shower, brush my teeth and, and do my thing. And then I do a, a brief round of meditation and then I'd still go drink. Mm. So what happened was I started feeling kind of a, a pleasant buzz from meditating. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I didn't have the language that I do today about like changing the relationship with myself or, or kind of um, making my mind, my ally more friendly toward me. All I knew is that it felt pretty good. So I kept on going. And what I started to observe was how the buzz I'd get from meditating started to catch up to the buzz from alcohol. I thought, that's interesting. And then one day, I, I, I had a really good morning round of meditation. You know, I'm feeling good. It's like, okay, all right, feeling good. And I take a drink because that was still my habit. And I didn't feel any better. I just felt more drunk. I thought, whoa, that's interesting. I wonder what's going to happen if this trend continues. Well, within a day or two, I was doing my meditation and feeling good. And I took a drink and I felt worse. And the reason was the drinking was only taking me to a certain level of buzz. Once I was meditating enough that I felt good about myself enough, when I took a drink, it just brought me back to that same level, which was now like worse than my default. So um, this, this is just like my story. I'm not saying like meditation is how to like, you know, get rid of alcohol. Um, but I actually stopped drinking and it wasn't willpower. I just didn't want to anymore. Mm -hmm. Not, not like in the morning. I was still sure I'll have like a glass of wine and stuff like socially, but just to get through the day, I didn't, I didn't need it anymore. So that's how I started to turn my inward life around. Now I still had plenty of, uh, we were talking about before, I still had plenty of financial struggles, but when we're talking about the wallet comes last, mind comes first, I was living that. And that's, that's how I started um, with my mind. That's amazing. That's fantastic. So you found that going inside, facing your demons, so to speak, becoming one with them, understanding them, learning them, seeing the power that they have on you, which is really the power that we give them, right? Mm. Um, could actually take you out of the funk that you were in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was, and it was interesting because it, it was I was doing the practice because I was doing it like do or do not. Um, the effects happened even if I didn't realize they're going to happen. Um, my mind started to actually become like my looping thoughts started to get less self-hating. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because I was like pushing for that to happen. It was just because I really, I, I was really taking quiet time to meditate, which helps you process a lot of your bad wiring. It's, it's, I like to describe it sometimes as like the self-cleaning setting on an oven. You just set it there. You have to do it and you have to take the time to do it. But the cleaning will happen beneath your conscious awareness often. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. We're, um, I'm, I'm getting someone here is asking me if I can repeat that. Okay, so I'll try to repeat what I said. So what Nate was doing with his meditation was he was going inside of himself, facing his demons, facing his fears, looking at at, at what, what you just said, Nate, right? The, the wiring of the brain and realizing that, yes, it's self-cleaning. Absolutely. Right? You're going inside, you're cleaning all that crap out. Now, the only way you can do that is by taking time for yourself, right? 
Yeah, right? you got to take, take time for yourself. Yeah, and it's it's not easy. Like I actually thank thank you for the comment about the self cleaning. Remember, self cleaning is burning. It's hot. It is a process. It's not always going to feel good, but mm -hmm. you can you can be thrilled with it if you realize that you are doing a healthy thing. Like right. I think a lot of people when they learn meditating and, and old memories start to pop up and old traumas and like this, like, oh, I, I can't believe I'm remembering that argument from 20 years ago. Like it's like, like it's just happening right now. What am I doing wrong? Nothing. Mm -hmm. You're actually doing it right. And so I think if people realize that there could be a lot less sort of like confusion and guilt around meditating. It's like, no, no, no. If, if, if stuff's coming up, it's, it's like your body's finally processing and releasing it. So it's, it's actually okay. Let, right. you know, it's, I mean, it sucks, but let it happen. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and it'll be okay. I call it a healing crisis. Yeah. It's, because it's you're like going through a healing process, but you have to relive all the crisis that happened in your life. Right. The illnesses that happened, the, the, the physical illnesses, the mental illnesses, the spiritual illnesses, everything that, that was, that happened to us, you know, um, yeah. my journey and what I learned was that, yes, we pile it all in our subconscious. Absolutely. What I learned is that, you know, when you're ill, when you're, when you have a negative feeling, when you have all these things, um, it gets absorbed into our cells, the energy, the, 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 the negativity gets absorbed. And then when we go through our, our healing crisis or, or when we start to heal ourselves mentally, physically, what happens is all, you know, like you said, we start vibrating at a different frequency when we start meditating. And all that negativity vibrates at a lower frequency. So we're starting to shed all of that negativity. But where does that negativity has to go? Well, first it has to come up to our conscious mind. We have to become aware of it, not grow attached to this, but be like you said, become aware of what we're doing, right? Oh my God, I had this thought. I haven't had it in the last 20 years. That's okay. Don't grow attached to it. See yeah. it, feel it, make note of it, and then say goodbye to it, and then watch it disappear, right? Um, and it's it's huge. That's the way we heal ourselves. Um, and and you know you know what I love is people in the Western society. They say, well, you know what? I sat for five minutes and I breathed a little bit, and nothing happened. You know, I'm 50 years old, 51 actually. It took 51 years to get all that crap inside. You think five minutes is going to take it all out? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's and it's and it's 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 tricky too because i think when people don't realize how powerful this can be it's it is tough to to sit down and and do and literally do nothing um mm -hmm. and keep up the habit um but but that's the in and oftentimes in our western world what happens is when people first learn meditating they'll say like oh it just comes down to sitting and focusing your mind i'm like well I, I first heard that too, and talk about a way to, to demotivate me from trying it. So what, what I really liked though eventually is how I learned that meditation really is the foundation for some of the most long-standing like mystical traditions on the planet. Mm -hmm. Like this is stuff that, I mean, up until however many years ago for several thousand years, this stuff was actually kind of kept private and secret. It was, it was like passed down to like just a few people in the next generation because it's, it's, it's tremendously valuable knowledge. When I hear stuff like that, that gets, that gets me excited to like be a part of it. It's like being part of a lineage of people who have really harnessed the power of their minds. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden sitting quietly, it's a lot, it's a lot cooler. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
Yeah, you know, and 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 to add to that, you know, people in Western society, when you say meditate, they're like, "Oh, I have to stop. I I I can't stop thinking. How do you stop thinking? How do you stop your thoughts? How do you?" Mm -hmm. And and I think the 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 art of meditating, of true meditation, gets lost because we've Westernized it. We've taken it from its roots and we've changed it into something that uh, that we think we need to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I can never silence my mind, right? As long as I'm awake, as long as I'm, I'm around, your thoughts are going and, and, and you're, you're running. You know, when I was in India, I did uh, Vipassana meditation, which is a 10-day silent meditation. You don't look at each other in the eyes. You don't look at anybody in the eyes. You don't read, write. You don't smoke cigarettes. You don't drink coffee. Food is given to you, which is very minimal. And all you're doing is just sitting for 12 to 15 hours a day and you're just focusing on the breath on the tip of your nose and the sensations on your body. But I got to tell you, the first day, you, you want to kill yourself. You, you literally want to yeah. put a boat in your head and go, hey, this is crazy. I can't do this for another nine days. And it gets difficult and more difficult and more difficult. And then it starts to become easier and easier and easier because we understand you don't actually actively have to do anything. During vipassana, for example, vipassana, you just have to focus. And what's what's amazing is when you focus on the breath and you pay attention. You know, I've noticed that as my breath goes in and there's that tiny little pause. In that tiny little pause, there's no thought. Yeah. And when the, you're the breathing out, yeah. right? When you're breathing out, right before you breathe right back in, there's no thought in that tiny little space. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, I love that you brought up the breath because um, that's how that's how I had the most success. The way I like to describe it is when it comes to quieting the mind, I never had success doing so directly. So mm -hmm. what I did was, um, and I this is just the way I was taught, so I kind of lucked into it from the teaching, was I, I'd focus on breathing into my belly. And mm -hmm. it, it's very it's very ingenious because by doing so, you're doing several things. One, by breathing deep into your belly. And by the way, I like to like put a hand on my, or at least when I was learning, I put a hand on my belly, put a hand on my chest. The goal is have the hand on your belly rise up and down with your breath and the hand on your chest, it can remain still at first. And this teach, and it feels like really, but it teaches you to fully inflate your lungs downward and to activate your diaphragm that actually allows your lungs to inflate. Because your lungs, by the way, are empty sacs. Mm-hmm. They, they're not muscle. It's 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 an action of the smooth muscle beneath them that actually gets them to inflate, which is kind of cool. Um, so what does this do, though? One, you're going to calm your nervous system. Number two, you're going to fully, you're going to get a better supply of air and oxygen and all those good nutrients. You're going to actually give your internal organs a massage because talk about having energy from past trauma stuck. When you breathe deeply, you're actually gently massaging your stomach, spleen, pancreas, uh, liver, um, even uh, large and small intestines, some of your kidneys too. So th that's going to be releasing a lot of stuff in them. And it's, it's so wonderful to focus on the feelings and sensations of breathing into your belly, because now you're giving your mind like a bone to chew on. You've given mm -hmm. it a task because your conscious mind is a tremendously powerful problem-solving machine. Um, so now you're giving it something to focus on and you're taking it from the intellectual to the 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 feeling base, the sensations, like 
Does my belly feel warm? I wonder how much more warm it can get. Do I feel a buzz of energy in my belly? I wonder how much more powerful that can get. So now you're giving yourself empowering questions rather than how much longer do I have on the on the time? And now you're now you're putting your conscious mind into a mode of receiving stimulation rather than chattering and chattering and chattering. So a lot of cool stuff is happening all at once. I mean, the, these ancient these ancient mystical traditions when they teach something as simple as like just breathe into your belly and feel what it's like. There's all this cool programming layered into that and it, it and all and it's a matter of of doing it and you'll get the benefits so it's it's just really awe-inspiring once 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 you integrate it into your life what can happen long it's like an investment long term you'll look back and be like wow glad i did that absolutely absolutely so why don't you share with us your routine that you do today for meditating sure sure um and mine is a little bit different because what happened was after I started doing this daily practice and it really turned my inner life around, um, I I decided I would dedicate my life to it um, because it was like the only thing that was working for me at that point. And, and I found it was what enabled everything else to work. Um, so years and years went by um, and I, I slowly pulled my life together. And then I had the opportunity to start studying um, to become a Taoist uh, priest and also start studying uh, Chinese energetic medicine. So today my routine is very in depth because I actually wanna um, like center my life around this. So right now I still do the exact same thing where it's like, it is my first thing to do when I get up in the morning after shower, brush teeth. Mm -hmm. But essentially it's like, I make a beeline. It's like, well, first, you know, kiss my wife, cuddle with her, then go shower. Yeah. And then immediately, and then I'll make tea and then immediately it's to my office to meditate. And I'll do um, a stay, uh, a practice where I'm doing some gentle movements where I'm actually integrating meditation with movement. And I'll combine that with some visualization where I'm absorbing energy um, and some exercises where I'm imagining dispelling some old yucky energy. And then I'll do a, a still meditation. Um, and I do it standing up. And I'll put a, at the very end, I'll put a timer on. Um, and right now in the morning, the, the finishing one will be half an hour for me. That's just for me. It's uh, the, you know, the average person who's not studying to become a priest definitely doesn't have to do a whole routine like this. Um, and then right after that, I will deliberately sit down and do my most important fulfilling work of the day. Now, I love writing. Uh, and I have a, a career out of writing. So I will sit down and I will do my most important writing of the day while I'm still in that pristine state. And um, after that, only after that will I check my phone. Only after that will I get on and check email. Because my working assumption is <laughs> once I start checking email, I assume my day is just going to like dis disintegrate. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some crisis. Now, sometimes <laughs> it's true. Sometimes it's not. But that's that's my assumption. Right. So that's, yeah, that's my rough morning routine. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. There's, you know, um, I, I'm a, I'm a big student of Osho. I don't know if you've heard of Osho. Mm -hmm. He talks about, you can, you know, the, people in Western society, we think, you know, like, like we said earlier, meditating is to sit down in that Lotus position, put your hands out, om, 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 and kind of just try to silence the mind. 
what I the reason one of the reasons why I connected with Osho's teachings is he says it's not about sitting quietly and quieting the mind. Yes, that's a technique and you can do that, but if that doesn't work for you, and especially in in a world where it's a busy world, right? Like you said, we've got emails, we've got we've got family, friends, we've got our businesses, we've got children, all this that are pulling from us in, in 20 different directions. What I liked was that uh, the way he explained meditation and the different meditating techniques. You know, there's there's the kundalini dancing meditation where you're dancing. There's there's you know even when you're an artist, right? Meditation is is losing yourself into the moment where nothing else exists but you and what it is you're doing. So if you're, like you said, if you're doing the movement, you're focusing 100% on the movement, on the muscles that it takes to move the finger up and down, the, what it, like, you, like you explained, you know, breathing, the diaphragm, it expands and it pushes down on the muscle, on the stomach. So being yeah. in that breath, being in that movement, being there totally will transform you and will help you get into that meditation so travelers you know when you're out there and you're looking and you're thinking you want to get involved in meditation and you want to start uh, incorporating it into your life you have to understand it's not all about just sitting down and going om 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 for an hour and and trying to silence yourself you can you can get up and put your favorite music on in the morning and dance your ass off for a half hour but be in that half hour be there don't like you said don't think about your phone don't think about your emails don't think about what you're doing just focus your energy and your mind on what it is you're doing and become whole with that become right so the dancer becomes the dance mm -hmm. right the artist becomes the brush and the paint and the, and the the canvas that it's being painted on so that you can be there and like you said from there you can expand and you can release all of those negative energies and release all of that and then put yourself into a mode of receiving. And I think a lot of what people today all around the world is that we're missing that part of receiving, right? Yeah, yeah, receiving and 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 really being able to tune into um, kind of what's, what's right for us and what's right to receive because when we're not... I found when I was not operating from that centered place, um, which was basically, I was I was probably not in my center place for over a decade. It was it was rough, so <laughs> it skews all. It, it, when, when I was in that place, it skewed all my perceptions and it mm -hmm. kind of skewed um, all all my judgments. So any any business arrangement I, I tried to make work out didn't work. It's it's kind of like. Um, I like to talk about in terms of like a compass, like when you're, when you don't do that inner work, which can be, you know, the, any, any given form of meditation that works for you, your compass is going to be slightly off mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how hard you work on the rest of your navigation. You're still starting from that off place. I mean, you right. can end up miles from where you, where you intended. Um, but once, once you get that compass set, you still you you still have to go on that journey, um, mm -hmm. but you're going to be doing it from that centered place. So things things will work out a lot better. You know, you'll have like I I always used to look. For, well, I still do. I look for um, uncanny things to happen, um, you know, good or bad, because it's like, huh, you know, there's no logical reason for like 
this thing to you know keep not working over and over i wonder is this a message to persevere or is this a message to, to go do something else you know mm. or i'll enter a period of business where it's like the right person gives me a phone call or you know this thing will land in my lap like really quickly and it's like okay okay good i think this is a sign that i'm on a good track here i couldn't have done any of that unless i started with that foundational meditation practice Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. Let's talk quickly about uh, your book, The Standing Meditation. Sure. So tell us about that. How did you come about writing it? What is it about? Um, you know, all of that good stuff. What's in it? You know, people want to know what's inside the book. Uh, the, the title, Standing Meditation. You know, for people listening, they're going, well, how, you know, we just got through talking about it, you know, for, for the last 40 minutes. But people are still thinking, well, how do you do standing meditation? Right. What is that all about? Well, you know, I um, went through this journey about 14 years ago. Um, and about four, four years ago, I thought to myself, you know, a lot of people are, you know, still, they might have tried meditation, but they didn't, it didn't find it didn't work for them or they're kind of frustrated with it. And I get that. So I, I realized, you know, I learned a lot. Of, I learned a lot of stuff the hard way on my journey. So I'm going to write it all down. And I wrote mm -hmm. down what I went through, including all the stuff about drinking and all that, um, getting calls from debt collectors, how I started like meditating and what I learned worked and what didn't, and then how, to, how the reader can apply it. And I went through story after story and it took me about three years to write this book. And so it's, yeah, it's called the standing meditation because that was the practice I found resonated with me and hardly anyone knows about it. Um, and it's, it's a Taoist practice. And mm -hmm. the idea, it's not like you're standing in line, like you would, you know, standing in line at the bank or something like that. The idea is actually, and some people might've actually had seen this done before. It's, it almost looks like Tai Chi where you're standing with your knees, just a little bit unlocked. Your mm -hmm. hips are tucked like you're standing on a, like a super high bar stool and you hold your arms out in front of you like you're hugging a tree or you're mm -hmm. holding like a really big beach ball. And you're you're kind of tucking your head so that you're lengthening your spine and you just you just kind of holding this position. Now, it is a tough position to hold oh, yeah. at first. But what happens is your tendons get stronger and you learn to relax and you start opening yourself up um, to the energy that's around you. And, and in fact, um, if anyone's ever gotten acupuncture or have heard mm -hmm. of acupuncture, you know, the needles are, are placed strategically along your meridians. Right. Now that's a doubt. Acupuncture comes from Taoism. Mm -hmm. So standing like this is actually like giving yourself um, an acupuncture treatment. It's tough, but um, I started with just a minute per day. So the book, the book details how to do it. And then the weird journey I went through and um, yeah, I just, it came out um, near the beginning of this year and um, I'm, I'm excited. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great meditation. I've studied uh, Tai Chi in the past, uh, Qigong cool. as well. Um, I studied naturopathic medicine uh, when I was in Israel, and uh, for and I'm a Reiki master for the last twenty some odd years, and and I know that position very very well. And I got to tell you, it's not an easy thing to do. You know, no. you, you're holding that position. You know, people think, oh, that's such simple. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I kind of joke with my kids. And I say, like, come on, let's stand like this. Let's see who can stand the longest. After 30 seconds, they're dropping like flies, mm -hmm. you know. And it, but it, it has to do with being being soft but yet strong. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's learning to encompass both, right? Standing tall, like you said, ex expanding your, your, your spine, letting that energy flow. And a lot of times, you know, like you said, with acupuncture, and it's great that you brought that up, you know, the pain that we feel from doing this are, are energy blockages that are just kind of opening up and letting the energy travel on those energy highways that you call meridians, right? That we call exactly. meridians all through the body. And it's amazing how that one stance where you just don't move is, is incredibly powerful. It's incredibly mm. powerful. You know, I'm thinking about what Bruce Lee used to say, you know, become water. You know, yeah. water, we look at water and we think, ah, what is water, right? We shower with water, we drink water, you know, you put it in a cup, it's the shape of a cup, you throw it in a bowl, it's the shape of a bowl, it's got nothing. But water, water is powerful in its softness. Yeah. And, and that's what the standing meditation is, right? It's, it's being soft in that power. Right. Um, we have a question from Wisdom Real Estate. Asks, how long do you do it today? Well, that's a great question. No, I'll I'll I'll, I'll uh, give you one better than that. I'll, I'll tell you the progression. I started with just sixty seconds, and I added five seconds a day. So that was that was actually my secret into like building into it. So for people, once I got to eight to ten minutes, that's when it became like a really cool meditation because my muscles relaxed enough, my tendons got strong enough that I could hold it. And once you get up, to, and then I got up to like 15 minutes and then I stopped at like 25. I held 25 minutes a day for a super long time. And that is what uh, I recommend people do. Okay, now me, I, I like to go, I like to go a little crazy. So for us, actually, yeah, a couple of years, I, pu I put an hour on the timer. I don't know if that was necessarily a good idea, but that's what I did. And the, my probably my record, actually, I think I did this a couple of months ago was, um, it was a little over two hours and it wow. was, it was a weird situation. Cause I'm like, I'm, I, I, I was waiting for a friend and it was after a day, a, a cool meditation retreat. And I'm just like, I was, he was, he was helping someone else out doing like a consult, like an energetic treatment. I'm like, I'm going to hold until they come back down. They, they, did, <laughs> they didn't come down. And I, I'm like, this is a test. The spirit, I made a promise to the spirit realm. I better do this. So uh, I had some breakings there, but, but, so that's, I'm crazy, but I recommend 25, I think 25 minutes is you'll have some really solid, amazing changes in your life. And if you're thinking like 25 minutes is old, are you kidding me? It's like, I know, I get it, but try working your way up to that a minute at a time, a few seconds at a time, because the changes you'll go through will tell you the, the proper time to do it. And the changes will also prove to you that this is very worthwhile. All right, so so let me ask a follow up question, and we're going to go to some questions from 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 our listeners. All right, so you're standing there, you're doing it a minute, right? You said you set the timer for another five seconds, so you're doing a minute and five seconds, and another day you're doing a minute and ten seconds, a minute and twenty seconds, right? Yeah. So you've got the timer set in the corner, right? And you know it's going to go off, so your your ears are listening to it. You're standing there, and your mind is going. Damn, when is that clock going to tick? When is that thing going to ring? When is it going to ring? When is it going to ring? 25 minutes. Shit, when is it going to ring? What am I doing? Oh, my God. Can I do this? All right, you know what? I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to go take a leak. I'm going to come back. You know what? what, what oh, I, you know what? Why don't I stop doing this? Let me go check my emails. Shit, my wife is calling me. Oh, the kids are doing this. Oh, it's raining outside, right? You got that whole thing going on over here. Right. Or even like you were saying, you're, you're in that position. You made a promise to the spirit world, but now you're waiting for them to come to come down. And your mind is sitting there going, 
When is this going to happen? How long have we been sitting here? What are we doing? Should we stop? Should we go? Share with our listeners how they can take all that chatter, all that clutter, and what do they do with it? It's a great question. And this is this is the battle we face as human beings. So make no mistake about it. The stakes are very high. And this is this is no minor point. I mean, this is the the battle we wage. Either the same chattering mind can win or we can grow as a result. So the first thing I'd like to talk about is how high the stakes are, because actually, I think knowing the importance of this it helps us. Our chattering mind wants to minimize this sort of thing. It want, it's, it's very, It can be very seductive. Hey, just end it a minute early. It's okay. It doesn't matter. By the way, this is the exact same voice that tells you to go, just eat one scoop of ice cream. Just uh, one. Just one. Avoid paying off that bill. You just, just, mm -hmm. you'll do it tomorrow. I'm not going to make you forget tomorrow and then it's overdue. Uh. This is the voice, I think, that part of our existence here on Earth is we were meant to, to tame this. Mm -hmm. So with, this, with the stage set, how do we do it? Num the number one go-to is I like to trick it. I'm not going to engage. I'm not going to fight this voice. I, instead, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, focus on the breath. Focus on the breathing. So it's like the voice is like, no, no, no. Oh, my God, there's 14 minutes left. Do you realize how, what a waste of time this is? Hang on. Let me focus on my breath. I'll answer in a minute. I'll just <laughs> let me just focus on a few deep breaths first. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not answering you? No, I'm too busy breathing. Sorry. So focusing on the breath. Now, here's what's what I and I didn't invent focusing on the breath, so don't worry. Uh, but I, I do like to credit how ingenious it is because again, instead of fighting this opponent, you're you're changing the game entirely. You're you're switching from intellect to sensations. Mm -hmm. By the way, look physically, you're going from up here down to your belly. So you're changing the because when you loop and loop on your thoughts, there's a whole lot of energy getting stuck up here. Now you're bringing it down to your belly and you're changing from um, a state where you're trying to do something to a receptive, like, let me feel state. So first is focus on the breathing. Second is to tune into the sensations you feel in your belly. Feel. Because when you breathe into your belly, you will feel the pressure of your of your small and large intestines getting that gentle massage. So focus on what does the pressure feel like? Focus on can I feel any kind of um, heat sensations? Um, do I feel a buzz? Well, some people, uh, do, do I see like a brightness? You know, focus on that. Is that real? No, I'm making that up. Just focus on it. So what happens is you're switching into a, a state where you're receiving feeling sensations. Now your mind's a great tool, but it's also a pretty simple one. It, it's, a, it's, 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 it's like a horse with blinders on it. So if you keep on redirecting its focus to what are the incoming feelings, it's not gonna have as much, it's, it's, it's gonna get off the track of chattering and chattering and chattering. Um, so, Though those are like the major tips I have to do it. And if you're thinking to yourself, yeah, but it's still, I mean, that I hear you. I mean, that it's not supposed to be easy. Right. It's not supposed to, and I've been there where I look at the clock and I'm like thinking to myself, 
okay, I set 25 minutes. I bet five minutes are left. And I look at the clock and 14 minutes are left. And the first thought that comes to my head is, you're not even halfway through. You're suffering. <laughs> and you're not, that was like the best thing my mind came up with to like defeat me. It's like, you're not even halfway through. Mm -hmm. And look, the, the third thing I would say is, um, actually, I got two more things. So the third thing I'd say is that just remind yourself that this suffering, this battle I'm waging is ultimately good for me. So it strips away the power your chattering mind has because instead of, again, you're changing the game because instead of like, oh, you're wasting your time, you sucked it. Now it's like, is that all you got? Hit me with something harder. Make fun of me even more. You know, t tell me how much this sucks because I know it's good for me. So go ahead, keep, keep telling me how much this is bad and then focus on the breath. Um, and the final thing is actually, this is a really powerful teaching I learned um, from, from my teachers, which is when that voice comes up, focus on it and ask, who are you? Who are you? Um, and that is actually really, it comes from a really cool story in, uh, I think it was Tibet, where there was a master, like, a, 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 an, a, like an enlightened being came into a village thousands of years ago and was there to teach. And someone was just like, oh. I got to go ask him, like, how do I, how do I like meditate? What do I do? I want to become enlightened. So he like, you know, kind of hustles through the crowd and like asks as a master, I really want to ask you, how do I achieve enlightenment? What should I do? Tell me anything. I'll do it. I'm going to, I'll go and I'll practice. Master looks at me and goes, who are you? And, and the guy says, thank you. Perfect. And he runs off. And for, for like several years, he sits in the cave and goes, who are you? Who are you? To his thoughts. He got the secret. So by asking, who are you? It's it's kind of like your thoughts will just go like, <gasps> and it's just like, because they don't want to admit. It's like, I'm all your fears. I'm I'm your self-sabotage. And then they run away, you know. that. So, you know, anytime the thought comes up, it's like, oh, you suck. This is a waste of time. Who are you? Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Let me ask you, so when you're doing your standing meditation, do you have your eyes open, your eyes closed? Are you focused on what's going on around you? Um. They drift. They drift kind of half closed naturally. Okay. You can either have them closed, or what I recommend is to kind of like have a soft gaze out in front of you, like a mm -hmm. like in front of you and a little bit down, and it'll kind of mm -hmm. happen naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of in terms of like things around me, sometimes I'll tune into that. Mostly I focus on my the my breath, but also um, if if it helps. Um, you and you're out in like a really pleasant environment, kind of focusing on nature and stuff like that. Because again, it's 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 great because the idea is you're getting input of feeling sensations rather than chattering judgment. And it could be kind of fun too because you'll get into a really good place and then all of a sudden a bird will just be like, <laughs> and that's actually I I I. I I 100% believe that as a signal from the universe being like, good job. Now I'm going to send yeah. a weird bird to like mess with you, but good job. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, yeah. when, when, when you start doing this, you start opening, you, you become open and you start seeing things in a different way. Oh, that yeah. bird was a message. Oh, that butterfly that just landed over here was kind of a nice caress instead, right? All these yeah. different things. Um, that's great. So we have a quite we have a couple of questions here. Uh, one uh, says, "Can you combine standing yoga and meditation?" Well, that's a great question. Um, if you're talking about the standing meditation we're describing, I can answer that. I'm not. I'm just. I just. I'm just not an expert on yoga, so I just. I just don't know. I can't speak to that. But 
Um, I had my best results from doing a standing practice with meditation because um, the fact that I was integrating the body really, really helped. Um, and and also like some people really love yoga. Can they combine the standing meditation with yoga? I really love doing the standing meditation first before other activities. And I know other people who do that. Um, and, and the answer is, yeah, it, it could be a great combination because you're getting centered and then you're just bringing that centered place into your routine, which just amplifies the effects even more. I, I think this uh, a, a meditation practice makes a great bookend for other things, you know, before and after it, it's because it's a it's an amplifier. So mm -hmm. so that's yeah, how I'd answer yeah. that. I hope that I hope that's a helpful. Yeah, answer. absolutely. Because they're, they're saying, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and I want to try this with my students. So that's awesome. Oh, cool. uh, we we have another question here. It says, Nate, would you mind showing us how standing meditation looks like? Sure. And I was, I was thinking about how I do that because um, I'm in a, if I stand up, you'll just see my like torso, <laughs> but hang on two seconds because da, 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 da. I actually have had a book of a copy of my book near me. So check this out. Live video, folks. There you go. So we'll start here. So you remember how he's saying, bend your knees and then sit on a high bar stool. Just imagine mm -hmm. that little figure um, standing on a really high or sitting on a super high bar stool. Notice mm -hmm. how the torso is straight and the spine here, the spine is straightened. And notice how the hands are out in front, like holding a beach ball. Now check this out. Here's it from the front. So this is it from the front. And just imagine all of that is still integrated here. So the knees are slightly bent. You can see the feet are a little bit wider than my shoulders and the hands mm. are, are held up. The elbows are relaxed. Um, and you could almost see like how there'd be a circle here. So, mm -hmm. and there's, so, so that would give you an idea of it. Right. Yeah. I guess the good way to start a good way to practice or to understand <clears throat> how to how to hold it is to maybe buy a beach ball, inflate it, grab it and then just open your arms a little bit so that the ball will fall out and now you're standing in that meditation with your yeah. hips tucked in and your knees bent yeah and a beach ball all can mm. also go between your legs between the legs there it is mm -hmm. yeah so that that gives you an idea of of how to do the meditation and it's and it's amazing because i know a lot of people that have done this type of meditation i've done this type of meditation as well if you have back problems, if you have knee problems, if you have like physical injuries and whatnot, it, you would be amazed at what this does to all of your ailments because suddenly you're forcing energy to run into these places. You're opening up blockages. You're, you know, imagine it's a faucet of good, positive energy which we all know energy is, is, is a real thing. It's not this made up bullshit that people talk about, right? Science has, mm -hmm. has proven that we are energy. We're, we're frequencies. We're just moving different. So when you're standing there and you're, you're letting all of this positive energy kind of blast through all of these painful parts of your body and pain is just energy being blocked from moving, the, the health benefits are incredible. Forget just the mind, but the physical health benefits to doing this, you know, your doctors will be amazed at what, what's happening, the transformation that's happening yeah. to your body when you're doing this type of meditation. Nate, listen, yeah. we got, I got three minutes left. 
Um, where can people find your book? How can they reach out to you? Oh, thank you, sir. Um, uh, best way is the website, um, thestandingmeditation.com. Pretty simple. Um, and and yeah, my, my book's on Amazon. And if, if uh, I said anything that resonated with anyone in my book, I like try and dive as deep as possible um, in, into just the, you know, the toughest parts of one's journey and, oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and really how to, how to climb out of it. So, um, if I can, if I can help one person, my book, I'm really happy. So thank you. Absolutely. And Hey, Nate, it's been fantastic. Looking forward to having you on the show again, so we can continue this conversation about how to master the mind so that everything else in life can just kind of fall in place and we can have an incredible, incredible life on this planet, on this rock that's hurling through space. I love it. Well, thank you. It's honored to be here and, and really cool questions. Love the audience. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And travelers, thanks for being here. Thanks for all of your questions and, and uh, participation. Uh, next week, same place, or I should say same time. I don't know if I'm going to be in the same place. The traveling investor likes to travel. But until next week, I'm Nitsan Mosley, the traveling investor, and uh, our guest, Nate Rifkin. And we'll see you next week somewhere on Spaceship Earth. And remember, you know, it all starts with the mind. I'll see you guys next week somewhere on Spaceship Earth. Be well.